0: And, uh, and of course after service there's going to be the spaghetti dinner that is taking place after service today <laughs> it's going to be great and of course all of the proceeds go to support the North American Youth Congress that the young people will be attending there are estimates of well over 30,000 teenagers who will be in Indianapolis for that week so y'all pray for Indianapolis that week God bless them Amen. But there are wonderful Christian young people coming to worship God. They're going to hear powerful preaching and teaching, and they're going to be worshiping God together. Amen. It'll be a wonderful time uh, that week, and our young people are going and preparing and and raising funds to do so. But we have a very special treat today. I am personally honored and delighted to be able to bring to this pulpit uh, my father and pastor, Pastor Nathaniel Paul Urshan of Indianapolis, Indiana. Amen. 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 And uh, and my mother and father, of course, mean so very much to me. I thank you all for praying for my mother as she had, uh, as the doctor put it, shattered her heel last October. But she's here today, and she's walking without assistance, up and down these steps, no less. So we thank the Lord. You know, if somebody can walk up and down these steps all day, they're, bound, they're healed. Amen. So we thank the Lord for that, and we give God praise. And, uh, and I'm just honored that they are here. This, this, of course, these are my parents, but they inspire me and have inspired me all of my life. I want to just uh, share with you. Uh, when my dad was a young man, uh, he, was, he was involved in ministry uh, at a young age, Uh, But the ministry that he was doing at first was not necessarily in the pulpit. It was reaching people on a one-on-one basis. And uh, he went to, when he was in college, he took a course in theology at the uh, Central Indiana, uh, Indiana Central University, which is now the University of Indianapolis. And the theology professor was renowned throughout the city and among his colleagues and was known to be quite the scholar and theologian of many years but he had never heard the message of baptism in the name of jesus and the infilling of the holy ghost evidenced by speaking in other tongues but by the time his 19 year old student nathaniel paul Urshan left that class he was baptized in jesus name and filled with the holy ghost they together they ministered to and ended up winning to the Lord the editor of the Indianapolis Star uh, in the 1970s this was before they were evangelizing and preaching around the nation around the world but but uh, God has blessed uh, me and my family with uh, amazing parents and sister Heidi and I talk all the time we're two of the most blessed people on the planet to have the moms and the dads that we have and we love them all so very much And so it is my great privilege and honor to bring to this pulpit a man of God uh, and my father, Pastor Nathaniel Paul Urshan. If you could welcome him. God bless you. Let's stand and receive him as he comes.
1: Thank you very much, Pastor Urshan, and uh, I'm in one of my favorite places. Um, I, am, I am overjoyed with the marvelous flowing rivers of the presence of God that are responding to your worship and uh, filling this place with the aroma of His presence. It's delicious in here today. It's delicious in here today, and um, I am a little, I'm a little saddened today because one of the amazing people that I always look forward to seeing when I would come is gone on to his reward, Brother Wolfangle. I love Brother Wolfangle, and Brother Wilson. I just, he should be right there with you. But I'm sure that there are violins in heaven. They just have to be. They just have to be. And, uh, but it's great to see brand new faces and upspringing worship. And hallelujah. Hands flailing before the throne of God. I'm going to tell you something. Your praise is the central dynamic of the whole church. The devil devil completely minimizes people by making them think they're not important. They won't miss me if I'm not there. Who cares? That's a lie from the depths of hell. As a matter of fact, it may be a visitor's prayer that provides a miracle today. Because we do not know which prayers get through to God that's why we all have to pray to be sure that the right one gets through to touch God with their powerful faith. Amen. And uh, I'm just glad to be here today. I, uh, I recently uh, heard the latest Chuck Norris joke, and uh, it was that a hundred men rushed Chuck and he. Uh, He grabbed a hand grenade and threw it at him, killed all 100 of them. Then the grenade went off. But there's so much power here today that it's already killing the devils and his influence. And now the word's going to be preached. Turn to somebody next to you and say, there's no greater place you can be than right here, right now. Aki i ahora, aki i ahora, here and now. Amen. Amen. Uh, but if you would turn in your Bibles with me today for the word of the Lord to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 6, I... Uh, I have watched your pastor and his brother and sister, uh, along with my wife, we watched them grow up and become powerful vessels for God. My daughter has won many people to God and is doing so as we speak. She's an excellent speaker. And, of course, you've heard Big Brother who can peel the paint right off the walls and uh, I was just thinking uh, today, uh, when my wife and I were in the midst of a terrible, terrible trial in 85 and 86, uh, I was getting ready to give up the ministry. Uh, so many people had come against us, and, and they were trying to destroy our ministry, and, and I thought that they had. They were powerful people, and I was no match for them. And, uh, and so I went. <clears throat> I, I, I actually leaving the house to go make arrangements to get some kind of a job that I could find and, and I was going to give up the ministry. I'd already decided. I walked out and the Lord spoke to me out of the sunshine of that Tuesday morning. It's a crisp spring day and, and uh, the Lord began to minister to me and said, he said you, you can't leave the ministry. I'm with you. I'm going to uphold you. Uh, you have a great future. And he said, and especially... I'm going to mightily anoint your children. Now, I kind of laughed because I looked over and Brother Joel and Brother Nathan were in the sandbox playing with trucks, Tonka trucks, and the neighbor boy was there and they're flipping sand in there. And I thought, mightily anointed these little kids. (laughs) but who knows the ways of God wow and, and, and recently I, in the top 50 choices of my wife's favorite preachers I cracked the top 50 I think I'm about 47 but guess who's tied for number one Amen. I'm looking forward to the next few moments, friend. I'm to I want to see God open the windows of heaven above us. Well, <laughs> the night is so good to see you, sir. I remember when you were in Cincinnati, and uh, it's great to be gathered together with this great church. And uh, you, you will have to do something in the future because uh, it, I, I'm gonna just tell you, if you had a church that seated a thousand, it'd be filled in... 14 to 18 months. That's exactly right. Uh, that's exactly right. So we're going to talk about some fantastic things here in just a moment. And uh, if you just uh, would read with me, uh, follow me in, in the uh, Gospel of John, the sixth chapter. I, uh, I want to preach today on the subject, the law of multiplication. The law of multiplication, and Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And The Passover a feast of the Jews was nigh, and when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now verse six says, This he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. He already knew what he was going to do. He just wanted to see what philip would say and god just wants to see what our reaction is sometimes philip answered two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little one of his disciples andrew simon's peter's brother saith unto him there is a lad here which hath five barley loaves two small fishes but what are they among so many and jesus said make the men sit down." Now, there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And, and if there were 5,000 men and then there's women and children, oh my goodness, there's, there's 10, 12,000 people, maybe more there. This is a daunting task. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, in Luke it says he gave thanks and he broke the bread. And blessed it. So he's breaking this bread and giving thanks. He distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were sat down. Likewise of the fishes as much as they would. We're talking about incredible fast filleting here. And when they were filled, he said unto the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. It says they filled 12 baskets with the fragments. I want you to remember that there is fragmenting going on here. Breaking bread into pieces. That, that, that seems to be the opposite of what they should do. But he's breaking it down And he's cutting the pieces up into, uh, the fishes into small pieces. And those men, when they had seen this miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth, that prophet, that should come into the world. This has got to be Messiah. Amen. I want to preach for just a few moments this morning on the thought, the law of multiplication. And I believe when you leave here today, you'll never be the same. Amen. 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 Would you lift a hand to heaven and thank him for his already, already abiding presence? Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God for his mercy and love and kindness. Hallelujah. 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 My. Praise God. The Lord bless you. you. may be seated in the name of the Lord. <clears throat> there, there is a um, experience that many of us experience that try to live for God. And uh, as we all know, we have experienced it uh, from time to time. And that is a feeling of being Minimalized and marginalized uh, by the enemy of our soul. And um, uh, things go wrong and we feel defeated. Uh, circumstances arise that can't seem to be solved. We feel defeated. A mother-in-law comes to town. We feel defeated. <laughs> uh, there 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 are days. Somebody the other day called me, and it was raining hard, thundering, lightning. It was a rough day, and the man had gotten sick. And he said, I, uh, "Pastor, I've got to go to the emergency room." He's a new convert, and he said, "I, I feel bad that he said I, I don't. I'm having a trouble with my spiritual life." He said, "I need more of God." I feel terrible. He said, I, I, "I'm trying to make it, but I, I really need help." And I said, "Well, you know, go ahead to the emergency room and call me." As soon as you're done, let me know what happens. And so he called me back later and had, uh, said they had uh, contracted pneumonia and he was going home to rest. He's a young man. And, um, and so I told him, I said, you have a great future. And I said, uh, you have no idea the great things God's going to do with you. But I said, the Lord, the Lord has brought you to this point. And I said, the devil has put a big wide screen in your brain to show you all kind of negative things, and he wants to break you down and destroy you before you even get rooted in the kingdom of God. And I said, emotions uh, are, are, actually, I said, emotions don't even exist. They're they're little steams of of, uh, twisting, curving, little uh, cloudy uh, feelings that emerge in your head and, and they're gone before you know it, but they make you feel so bad you, you make bad decisions on the spur of the moment instead of standing on the promises of God. And so um, I begin to talk to him and, and I, I mentioned to him some of the things that are in this scripture I want to refer to you Deuteronomy chapter 8. Uh, From the beginning of the word of God from the beginning of time, God had a plan for his people. He put them in this world. He put them on this earth. He put them on the planet. And uh, because of sin, they were kicked out of. They were removed, excommunicated from the perfect Valhalla and the paradise that he had created for them. The garden that, that knew no peers in this world. You've never seen the beauty of Eden. You've never seen the glory of Eden. You've never seen the the crystal clear springing waters that would spring up and and the beautiful mountains and the deep ravines and the lush vegetation. Uh, It it was some place that was perfect, perfect temperature year round. And uh, there were no cloudy days because God had a misting system that went up from the earth, and there was no rain from clouds, and so there was never a cloudy day. And there's an old song that we sing about the unclouded day, and uh, those were the unclouded days that God had prepared. God designed for you to live in beauty, in prosperity, and surrounded by the majesty of His creation. We made the choice that got us kicked out of that marvelous place. And so God began to try to to, to regroup his people. And so he sent this message through the prophet Moses to the people of Israel. And he said, therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. And because if you will do that, if you will be obedient, if you will submit yourself to him, then I'm going to kind of bring you back to a great place. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat, barley, vines, fig trees, and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and olive oil and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and are full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. And beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and are full and hast built goodly houses and dwell therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage. I don't know if you even realize it, but uh, over 230 years ago, Our nation was founded by people, uh, and a Declaration of Independence was signed. And uh, before that, people came in the 1600s and built churches and worshiped God, praised God. America became a new uh, starting point for religious revival. They were leaving religious oppression, dead religion. And a tyrannical religious political king that refused to let them worship God in accordance with the way the Bible describes worship. That's why they came to America. And so, uh, because of that, and because Americans at the beginning were very obedient, very worshipful, God has blessed us. There are people here today, you have been blessed, you have been increased, God has given you things you never thought you'd have. Uh, You've paid your tithes, given your offerings, and God has opened up the windows of heaven, poured you out blessings that you can't even contain. And so I looked at those words that are there, and they're repeated, and all through the Bible, they're repeated Multiply, multiplied, 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 and, and over and over throughout the Bibles. It talks about increase, it talks about uh, God adding to you it talks about the way God will bring to you possessions and and uh, <clears throat> there are so many references to it it's almost innumerable and uh, and so I got to thinking about that business of of multiplying and, I, and my mind went back to the beginning of of my uh, education and I'm sure you'll be able to travel back with me there for a moment uh, just in a little imaginary trip back to the old schoolhouse and uh, back then, we didn't have computers, and we didn't get online, and we didn't do studies online. You went to a little school or a, a bigger school, and you sat down in a classroom. And, and in the first and second grade, you heard something about A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and and uh, ABCs, and you started learning about that. And, and, and then you learned something called math. And in this math business, uh, they would put up little oranges on your a piece of paper, oranges, or on the board, uh, the chalkboard, oranges and apples. And they would say, if you take, uh, honey, if you take uh, three apples and you add one apple to them, you have four. Anybody remember that? Oh, yeah. Now, you, you know, you, you're, you're so sophisticated and advanced and educated now. You just kind of, oh, well, Whatever. That was a long time ago, and that was ancient history, and I was some little dumb kid in the first grade. You weren't thinking that back then. You were kind of drop-jawed. Oh, my God. Three and one, Mac boy. Oh, yeah, but listen to this. If you take three apples and put them with two oranges, you have Waldorf salad. No, no, that's not right. They said if you take three apples and put two of them, you get... Five, and oh my word, then they really got wild, and they said, but if you take five apples and take away two apples, you're subtracting, and you have
0: three,
1: and I I remember going home and saying, hey, mom, did you know that two oranges and two oranges make four oranges? Did you know that? And, 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 you know, we, we were just, uh, wow, this is powerful stuff. Never heard that before. And so the little uh, structure and, and, and the little symmetry of math starts taking form. And, and, and you're pleased that your little logical mind can, you know, wrap its little fingers around these little adding and subtracting methods. And, and, and then, then you go to the third grade and they talk about something called Multiplication. And I'll never forget, one of the teachers said, they said, uh, okay now, three and three is nine. I said, no, 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 no way. Three and three is six. Don't you forever forget it, ma'am. Three and three is six. I know that. And then they confused me. They flipped that little cross sign that was for ad. They flipped it. And said, this is the time sign. I said, man, leave that sign alone. (laughs) I'm comfortable here. Don't mess up with my little system. And then they all they went crazy on me then. They they started telling me five and five is twenty-five. And I know it was ten. It's ten. Then she starts saying, well, now you've got to learn your multiplication table. Multiplication tables? What's a multiplication table? I'm telling you, by the first week in third grade, I thought I lost my mind. They disrupted my whole way of thinking and set me back on my heels. And I thought, wow, Lord have mercy. What, 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 what what's next? And oh, then, then it just hits you with a bombshell, you know. And, and now six and six isn't twelve anymore, and seven and seven is not fourteen. Ah, and and so, so you're having to adjust to a whole new system of math. And and there's a times figure going on here, and and five. Times five and six times six and just put your little five plus five and six plus five. Put that away, sonny, for now. And, and you're going to something different. And, and they started showing you these increases that didn't really make sense. Because somebody years ago had gotten into the system of numerology and, and they had realized that there were patterns of numbers and, and integers that represented certain increases and, and they put that together and, and I don't even know who did it or where it came from, but they, they introduced to us something called multiplication. And, and then I got to reading the Word of God. I got to reading the Word of God, and and I realized that the whole Bible is based on the laws of multiplication. That God doesn't think the way we think. That God doesn't see things the way we see things. We, we lose our job and immediately get our little cipher and pen and look at the checkbook and say, well, I've only got 320 bucks in my checkbook and, and, and if I add my last salary check to it, that's gonna, uh, all it's gonna leave me with is whatever that is and, and oh my God, and all the while, because you've paid your tithes, because you brought your tithes into the storehouse that there may be bread on my table, saith the Lord. All the while, God is timing and increasing you in a system that you don't understand and a fruitfulness that you don't understand. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And so, it is a, you know, you, you get to look at the Bible, and these stories are just fantastic. This story of this little boy, and he's got this little bit of bread. He brought his lunch. He brought his lunch for himself and his little brother, and they, they're going to have uh, uh, fish sandwiches. And the Lord has one of his big, rough disciples come along and say, Hey, boy, give me your lunch. Oh, man, oh, that's my lunch, man. Get, get away from here. That's my lunch. I might have a fish sandwich. You go get your own fish sandwich. and he, No, the Lord said he wants your fish sandwich and you want your fish and your bread and everything. And, uh, and don't worry, you'll get fed. That's what he said anyway. You'll get fed. And so he took the bread and he took the fish and he watched the Lord tear his bread apart and he watched the Lord tear his fish apart. And, and he didn't know what he was seeing, but he was watching divine miracle in practice. He he didn't even know what he was seeing. He didn't understand that process. But he was getting ready to actually witness multiplication. Hallelujah. Because there's something about God when he breaks us into pieces. He puts us back together in a way we can never understand. We can never understand why and how that he does it hallelujah. And and when you come to an altar and you repent, uh, you don't want to come to the altar and repent because you're breaking your ego into pieces when you do it. And you're breaking your flesh and your carnality. Uh, You're shredding it and dropping it on the floor in front of people. Uh, And and you don't want to do it because you want to stay whole. You want to stay intact with your human dignity. Uh, But then the Scripture shouts and said to you and, and Speaks a word to you and said, Except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. And any gardener and any planter uh, of plants know that when you put seeds in the ground, uh, the sun, the rain, the wind, the soil cracks uh, the whole uh, of that seed. And what comes out is a curving uh, vine of life uh, that becomes a plant, uh, a beautiful flower, a vegetable food because life escapes uh, when the shell is cracked and broken that's why it doesn't make any difference what people think or say when you get up and begin to praise and worship God because God's cracking your shell he's snapping your ego in two hallelujah the sun's starting to shine the rain's starting to fall and out comes the praise and the worship that belongs to God. Hallelujah. So the Lord is faced with his disciples and, and uh, they're just men just like we are and, and they've, the Bible says in one instance they've been in the boats fishing all night and, and his friend Peter was an outstanding professional fisherman who Fished for years and knew how to fish, knew all the tricks, knew all the little hiding places, and knew the, the, the little secret holes for fishing. And, and yet they went out one night and they got skunked and they came back in. They were discouraged, and the Lord said, You what? You go right back out and throw your nets back out there again. How, the, Lord, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. We're fishermen. You're a preacher. You <laughs> preach. We fish. Leave us alone. <laughs> that, that, that's what he's saying. You preach, we fish. You stick to your business, we'll stick to our business. And <laughs> the Lord said, I said go back out there. I said go back out there. Because uh, what I want to tell you, son, is that I know something about fish you don't know anything about. And, uh, and uh, I don't know if he quoted this verse in Isaiah or not, but he should have. If he didn't, he probably did. Uh, And and the Lord said, to whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created all these things, that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in his power. Hallelujah. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the Lord of hosts. He'd already put the call out to the fish. The Lord of hosts had already spoken to the bass. He'd already spoken to the crappie. He'd already spoken to the bluegill. He'd already spoken to the sturgeon. He'd already spoken to all of the fish that were out there in that area. And they were already gathering while Peter's on the shore arguing with him and saying, Peter, get back in your boat, get out there. There's a great hall waiting on you. Put your net back in there. I am the Lord of Hosts. I control all the hosts. I call them by name. I created them. That's why you don't need to give up praying for your lost loved ones and your lost family members because he's the Lord of Hosts and he will call them. Ah, uh, And boy, they went out there, put those nets down. You know what happened? They took in so many fish, it was breaking the nets. They had to call for the other boats and the fishermen. They had to call for all kinds of help. They had fish for the whole community because they were dealing with the Lord of hosts who multiplied things who took up to another level of times by times by times, increasing them to a level we don't understand. My God, My God. the Bible tells us, and, and this story has actually resonated throughout the world. The story, probably the first story you heard in Sunday school, David and Goliath. David and Goliath. How many have heard of David and Goliath? People that don't believe in church or God or the Bible use that metaphor in their. Uh, business meetings and their economic planning sessions uh, we've got a David Goliath situation here we've got a David Goliath situation here it's so powerful because on that day a little stripling of a boy went up against perhaps the most powerful fighting machine in the history of the world a, a, a monster so big that human words failed to describe him with weapons so big that the army Armies of Israel were cowering behind bushes and rocks and caves because of the fear of one giant. And this little tiny skinny boy goes out there barking at him and, and talking to him. And, and Goliath, of course, is extremely sarcastic. And what have you sent there? In fact, just bring him to me. And it was in today's jargon and language, he would have said, Come on, boy. Come on over here. You want some of this? I'll give you some of this if you will not be that stupid. Come on. Come on over here. Just come over here now. I'll give you some of this. And, and David is down there, and he's looking at him. He said, hey, mister, you uncircumcised devil, you come to we me with sword and spear and shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, in the name of... Of the Lord of hosts in the name of the Lord of hosts. And the Bible says he starts running at him. Now the Goliath is a little unnerved by this. You know, this is the little chihuahua that's got a mean bark coming at <laughs> Here I come. <laughs> And here he comes and he starts swinging this slingshot. But what David didn't even know and Goliath didn't know was that the multiplier got a hold of that slingshot and turned it into a blur. He turned it into a jet turbine and the thing turned invisible. And when that rock left that slingshot, it hit Goliath with such force. It picked him off of the ground, knocked him flat. That's what you can do to the devil and those that assault your soul today is come in the name of the Lord of hosts. Yeah. Hallelujah. You have to come in the name of the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Last week I had to be gone. Because of a funeral in West Texas. And uh, we had evangelists coming to our church. I don't like to be gone when we have evangelists. I had no choice because of the death of this man. And uh, so they came in. And I'm just praying, Lord, just at least let the service go well. <laughs> this is, I can't be there like I'm the big potato. I'm going to tell you something, folks. The presence of the Lord is here. I can feel it in the atmosphere. The presence of the Lord is here. Hallelujah. We have people here. You have a great pastor. You have a great ministry staff. You have great people. But that's not what does it. It's the mighty power of the Lord of hosts working, operating right now while you're sitting there. He's making money for you next week. Uh, He's increasing uh, all of your prayers. Uh, He's bringing to pass things you've asked for while you're sitting here right now. You need to bless his name. You need to praise him. You need to magnify him. He is the Lord of hosts. So I thought, Lord, if things can go good. Lord, have mercy. If things can just go good, if we could just get through Sunday. Huh? Oh, Lord. And so when I got through with the services where we were out on Sunday, I looked at my phone, and there was no message. I thought, oh, God, there you go. Things went bad, and they're afraid to call me. So a little later, I got this text, "Ten filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, Brother, Brother Wilson's, uh, I wasn't there. How can 10 get the Holy Ghost when I'm not there? Don't I have to be there? You know, that's the way we think. We're adding and subtracting. Now, if, if we have one service and I'm not there, if we could just get one person in the altar, just somebody shedding a few tears, then we'll feel like something good happened because I'm not there. Oh my God, we have no clue what God can do. Ladies and gentlemen, we have no clue what God can do. I'm 1,100 miles away. God opens the windows of heaven, pours out the Holy Ghost in such a powerful fashion that added a whole new bunch of people to the church by the power of multiplication. I will multiply you. I will multiply you. I will multiply you. And so when Moses approached Pharaoh, and he didn't want to go in the first place, he was scared to death. Because I mean, you know, this man has all the power of life and death of everybody. He's the greatest empire in the world, and he's got this little, this little stick, and he's standing there. And the Lord said, "Let my people go." And I can just see Pharaoh's court laughing. <laughs> Do you hear what this crazy nut said? This guy is a Bedouin shepherd from God knows where. He's coming in here telling us to let our entire slave system go. Uh, Sir, have you been drinking some of the poppies in the desert? (laughs) What have you been on here, buddy? And, And all of a sudden, colors in the water start changing. A few days later, lice comes in by the billions. A few days later, frogs are crawling in their food crawling into their bed and people are screaming and squishy little reptilian visitors in the night. And then there is an impenetrable darkness that covers the land. Ah, and then the boils come and over and over And What happened was Pharaoh had gone against the Lord of hosts. Pharaoh had gone against the Lord of hosts. And the scripture speaks to you and I, if God before us, who can be against us? He'll raise up the very nature itself uh, to protect you. Uh, he'll help you with the enemies that come against you uh, by putting guardian angels around every step that you take. Uh, hallelujah! Hallelujah! I'm talking about the Lord of hosts and the multiplier. My God, hallelujah. Something powerful. Cast your bread upon the waters because it'll come back to you. Just, Just let God take a hold of your little piece of fish and your little bread. Hallelujah. You came here today with just a little bit of sustenance, with just a little bit of faith. I ask you to take your faith and put it in the hands of God right now. I ask you to step outside of yourself right now hallelujah when this pastor came here a few years ago uh, the church had dwindled down a little bit and was struggling a little bit now we all of a sudden have burst into this great time of revival and increase and multiplication and who knows what's going to happen over the years to come god can raise up a host god can save everybody in your family Somebody walked in here today, you didn't want to come to church today. You've had a bad week, but you came because either your wife told you you had to or your mama said, I'll beat the daylights out of you if you don't go that you, somebody got you here and, and you came in and you just weren't feeling up to it and, and, and all of a sudden the people got to worshiping God and, and you yet haven't broke loose. You're, you're still sitting there in, in, your, in your little quagmire and trying to get out of your funk and all that. But let me tell you something, friend. When the Lord gets into your worship and starts multiplying... Hallelujah. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And what happens is he starts bringing joy into you and then multiplying it. Hallelujah. And when you saw those people come down that aisle and come across the front a while ago when we were singing that, that... going to wear a crown I'm going to wear a crown when that trumpet sounds when that trumpet sounds I'm going to wear a crown I'm going to wear a crown I'm going to wear a robe and crown what happens is that the Lord begins to multiply the joy and all of a sudden your body can't take it anymore it starts increasing it takes your body turns it twisted and worship starts happening the shell starts cracking hallelujah 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 you need to let that shell crack right now you need to let that hole break down friend there's new life in there that wants to come out I'm talking about people out there in the foyer You do not have to feel separated from us in here. The Holy Ghost is out there. The power is out there. The multiplier's out there. It's all over this place.
0: Hallelujah,
1: hallelujah. How many here have been healed of cancer? Just three or four hands, I see. You know what? You ran into the multiplier. <laughs> Cancer is, by definition, a multiplying process in which malignant cells go crazy. Hallelujah! Malignant cells go crazy. And they start multiplying, and they attach to other organs. And then the, multi- the multiplication, malignancy spreads to other parts. And before long, your body doesn't have a chance. But friend, when we come in the name of the Lord of hosts, the Lord hits you with the flow of virtue. And it revitalizes your body. It hits those killer T-cells in your immune system and they start multiplying and they destroy the Goliath of cancer and they destroy the horrible assault on your body because God is the Lord of hosts that can destroy any enemy that comes against you. somebody to get on your feet and glorify the Lord of hosts hallelujah 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 hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Oh my God, oh my God. Listen to this. When the Lord stepped up to the grave of Lazarus, he said, Lazarus, come forth. The name of the Lord was in his word. The name is in the word. The word and the name are the same thing. When that name attached itself to Lazarus, he called the host of life. He called the host of the electrolytes. He called the host of the cells to come back to life. That's why when you see people shaking under the power, that's quickening power. It's the old English word for dynamite and electricity combined, quickening power. And he's revitalizing your cells. He's revitalizing your acids and your electrolytes, bringing you back into fruition, into vitality and robust strength. hallelujah hallelujah 120 people went into the upper room by the time the multiplier got through with them 3,000 souls were added to the church I'm talking about the multiplier
0: hallelujah hallelujah
1: Some people don't like to be demonstrative in your worship. You better get over that, honey. Because there's some little chili bowl special haircut in North Korea. You know what chili bowl is? That's old time. Put the chili bowl on top of your head and shave around there. He thinks, he thinks nuclear weapons are a video game. And he's playing with the world. The only thing is, his stuff can blow up the world. And and Our top Navy commander is telling us we need to be worried. When they say we need to be worried, that's trouble. I said that's trouble. And according to my Bible, there is a nuclear war that takes place in Revelation 9. A nuclear war that John couldn't talk about. You know, the explosive and the fissile material that goes along with nuclear weapons and plutonium. He just said that this fire, smoke, and brimstone kill one-third of the earth's population. That's the way he described it. That's a nuclear war in today's terminology. Well, I want to tell you something, friend. When we get close to that, the Bible says we're not under judgment. And there's going to be a trumpet sound. When that trumpet sound, there's something inside of you that have the Holy Ghost that you've never witnessed before. All you've seen is somebody speak in tongues and somebody have the gift of healing or the gift of prophecy, but there's something deep inside the Holy Ghost that has the power to bring a dead body off the ground or a living body off the ground. It's the resurrection power. Of the living God. You better get those hands in the air and get ready for the trumpet. When that trumpet sounds, when that trumpet sounds. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is going to go crazy. It's going to be multiplied in its power. It's going to quicken your mortal body. (laughs) It's going to cause mortality to put on immortality. Hallelujah. It's going to cause corruption to put on incorruption. And we shall be changed. I want somebody right now. You need a direct touch from God. Does it make any difference who you are? Does it make any difference what your past is, wherever it came from? Does it make any difference how deep and dark your sin was? I'm talking about somebody that will destroy all your sins by his blood. Hallelujah. He'll take away your sorrow. He'll remove your condemnation. He is the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. He will absolutely take the guilt out of your life and give you a brand new life created anew by His blood and by His Spirit. Hallelujah. If you need a special touch from God, I want you to get out from where you're sitting. And I want you to express and demonstrate your faith right now to God. And watch Him multiply that faith. Watch him increase that faith. Watch him turn your normal situation into a miraculous. He'll take a couple little fish and a few loaves of bread. He'll take your normalcy and turn it into a supernatural event. This is powerful. This is dynamic right now. God is putting his hand on people. Change their whole approach to Him. Put it in His hands. He'll fragment it and bless it and then build it up. Man, hallelujah. His power is here right now. There may be more people going to be baptized. Because you want this marvelous, increasing ability of God in your life. You'll take your normal praise and turn it into a flowing river. You'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While we worship God, friend, we're going to get a touch. And a response from heaven right now. Hallelujah. That's it. Hallelujah. That's it. Open your mouth. That's it. Lift your hands and open your mouth and watch God increase in the most amazing fashion.
0: You'll never be the
1: same again. Because you're gonna put what's in your hand into his hands.
0: And it goes
1: to the lord